I think we're working. It's you got playing volume? the music video to Guided by Angels. Oh, Can you hold hear on me? one sec. I bet I got to set my Mac mic on. Hold on. Do you hear that? How about now? Are we good? I can hear you. I can hear you. And I can hear right, you. I'm playing oh, Anal and the Snippers. All right, we're doing Perfect. it. There we go. There we go. Hey, it's like a rustling like mat. Rust like mat. <laughs> and, and I can I can hear the I can, echo, I can hear of, my the echo of my voice. Ah, you know what? Because I have you on my uh, Mac speakers. Hold on one sec. Let's put you. That helps at all. I consider technical difficulties part of the art process here. Can you hear here me? I can hear you. Oh, no, oh. no. How about now? I can hear, I can you, hear you, but I hear my, I hear voice, my again. voice again. Ah, it's coming through my... Uh, you might be hearing a feedback from my Mac speaker, but I don't know if I can change that without having to put on headphones. Hold on. There's one There's other one option. other option. What's that? It's just it's go through just your go phone, through your and, phone do and do it. Yeah, we can do that. Then uh, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull you up here. Do you want me do to? Want me to send you the, send link, you the again? link again? Nope, I got it. I got it. All right. All right. I got it here. That. Here we go. Oh, oh, now, 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 we're, now we're hold on, hold on, it's coming out, it's coming out. This... All right, how's that? That's good. Okay, and I'm going to turn you up. How are we now? Uh, we are pumped up and ready to dino dad <laughs> chat. Excellent. Uh, I will give a little introduction. We have Derek Sheen, Seattle-based comedian, writer, guitar player, and what else are you? Uh, I mean, I, uh, I cook. I do do that. Yes. I, I, I actually, we, I, I'm at this place and they cooked a really, really nice dinner. And then all I could think about is the pictures I've seen of your food. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. What kind I, of uh but you like those? I I I it, it you know, it's nice to look at nice pictures especially when they're nicely taken of your food. Did you make any dinner tonight? No, we're not we're not cooking until I get into the new kitchen. Oh. We're moving uh, we're moving this week. What part of town? Uh we're moving to Lake Forest Park. Wow. Getting Which into... sounds like a song from the 70s. Yeah, well it sounds like you're going to Snowho, right? No, uh, that'll still, that'll be Shoreline. Oh, it's still Shoreline? I thought Lake Forest Park was in Snohomish County. I don't, maybe it is. But I keep, I feel like we're still on, right on the border of Shoreline. No, it's close. Yeah. Well, how have you been doing? You know, I've been really good, man. Uh, everything is, uh, you know, it's a bit, a lot of change. Mm-hmm. A lot of change happening, but it's good. I'm, I'm stoked about it. Yeah. 
you know, I, I, I welcome, uh, I welcome having changes because it means I get to learn new skills and I, you know, have to adapt. And those are things you want to make sure you don't lose. So I'm always happy. It's new stuff. It's an adventure. Yeah, I, I can, I can relate. There's a lot of transitions going on in my world too. Uh, and I don't know if some people call it a midlife crisis, but I, I don't know. I don't like that term because it feels kind of like derogatory. It's like kind of saying, this is a bad thing. And I'm thinking, no, this is, you know, an opportunity to, I don't know, figure out the next thing. I, I, I have no idea. It's, it's been a wild, uh, uh, like almost year of doing stand up and, I remember I was when I first was actually uh, I was in the airport before I even like had met you. I just saw you on Instagram because you're the algorithm said, follow this guy, follow this guy named Derek Sheen. <laughs> I said, OK, I'll follow this guy. And then um, I looked through your pictures and I was going to Chicago to go to Riot Fest in hopes to see this band Faith No More. But uh, I don't know. You know them? <laughs> of course, no you, you, you know you know Mike Patton. I love him, and he had like a, a some kind of mental health crisis, and we were all hoping to see him because we had wanted to see him the previous year, but then COVID happened, and then he canceled, and we were all like, "Well, we've already booked our tickets." And I that same day, I just you know wrote on Facebook because I didn't even understand how to get into the comedy scene at all, but I just wrote saying, "Hey, is there any place having an open mic?" and some older guy uh messaged me back and then i went to chicago but on my way to the airport and i remember the exact spot i saw you and i walked by you and then moments later you posted a picture of yourself sitting on an airplane going to denver and that was back in september or something i don't know i was doing uh fort collins i was doing the fort comedy fort what is that like uh i love that i think it's my i think it's one of the second best clubs in the country and how long have you been doing comedy this will be my 17th year i think and what yeah this should and, be my 17th and, year. and you got started in seattle i did i started as a comedy underground okay i actually started at the comedy underground when i was about 13 Whoa. and then wow i realized i had a i wasn't funny and b i had crippling stage fright because i was 13 and 13? uh then I kind of dipped my toe back in it in my teen, late teens. And then uh, I got into music because I just couldn't get over the stage fright, the shaking. Wow. So, uh, I played in a band because I felt like that was safe. I could hide behind three other people or four other people. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I ended up with an 11-piece band. So I was way in the background, which was great. Uh, and then I kind of started, you know, the more you're on stage, the more you start building up that tolerance. And I think that kind of helped. And then in my 30s, which is very late, I yes. got back into it. I started, I went to my first open mic, like my, with the with the decision already being made that I'm going to actually try and do stand-up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to chase it until I die. And so, I think that was, I was 34. And uh, I started going to the mics again just to watch and kind of dip my toe in. You know, I, I feel like 50% of comedy is um, is being around it, and the other 50% is doing the work. 
And so, I mean, in, in terms of like getting, you know, to a place where you're comfortable, you kind of have to be immersed in it. Right. So I, I went, you know, I was, I went to a, I went to probably three or four mics a week just to watch like a weirdo. And then I started yeah. doing stand up. I got up and did my first mic and made sure that I had the worst set I could possibly have so I could get it out of the way. That's the and best way. I don't, I don't, I say the best way to do it, but I don't know. I just love it when, when comedians are, are trying their hardest to make a joke or that they've practiced and then they, 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 they like, Ugh, that one's bombing. And then, uh, I, I, I just I, I always laugh at that part because then I get to see I always I always tell people that's when I get to see you being you is when you're 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 you're, you're not when, when just when that part happens. And there was a comedian that came a while ago and he, none of his jokes landed. But every time he went, oh, that one sucks. That's when everybody laughed. Yeah. Uh, so I I, I I I love it when people are screwing up. <laughs> It makes me feel it makes me feel more comfortable <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, but you were 13. That's a, that's that's a nice age. That's when uh, we have our bar mitzvahs. So it's kind of the same thing. You had your bar mitzvah at the Comedy Underground, it sounds like. <laughs> I mean, it really was very true. Like I, I got I definitely got it out of the way. I would say it's not necessarily the worst set I've ever had. I've had worse after, but that was the worst bomb. Do you, do you remember any of the jokes you told? At no, no, I barely even told jokes. <laughs> I think I went up to just improvise, and I didn't wasn't an improviser. Did, did you? Because see, uh, when you first started doing it, and and I and I've said this before, but did were you aware that professional comedians went to open mics? No, I didn't really know. I honestly didn't know how it worked. Like, I really didn't know what the mechanisms were. I mean, I mm -hmm. knew that, you know, I, I felt like the open mic was where you're supposed to go to start. But then then you just get famous and then you don't have to do the mics anymore. And what, <laughs> and what do you think now? Uh, everything is an integral step. Uh, and uh, you should never, ever get to a place where you feel like you're you're good enough. Mm hmm. Because, you, you you know, you rest on your laurels. Comedy is an ever-evolving thing. You kind of have to keep doing it, and, and it changes all the time. And it's, if you don't stay with it, and you don't, you know, you don't make your mind up to adapt to changing times, then you're just going to be a relic. And that's why you see a lot of white dudes my age who get real mad when you're like, hey, man, we don't say that anymore. Except in Texas where you're Censoring me. It's yeah. like, no, we're just, we're different. We've evolved. You got to, comedy's an evolving art form, you know? Yeah, it's it's very different. I mean, depending on where you go. And I, I mean, I'm in Los Angeles right now. And, you know, again, the older comics are saying, I used to be able to say this. And now people say, I can't say this. But if I go to Texas, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's You know, the funny thing is, everybody says, I they tell me I can't say this. And it's like, no one's telling you you can't say anything. But yeah. don't be a baby when someone, you know, when you have consequences for what you said. I think that's what it, a lot of this is. It's just, it's just people just get upset when they get called yeah. out on their behavior and then they get defensive. And well, who am I telling? You're an expert in this field. So, well, uh, you know. But, I don't know. I, I, I might be somebody who who practices listening to people and validating them. And I, and I, and I, you know, I see the best and the worst people. I've said that I would have loved to have been Hitler's therapist. I, I mean, he's like the most self-hating Jew out there. 
and um <laughs> and I, I i and i and i've said that like if i could sit with him like and prevent him from ending his life i would and i would sit there and i would talk to him and and i would you know he would be in jail of course i told me that is a consequence for this you can't you can't ever leave but i want to help you to feel like you're not the most evil person in the world you're a painter let's try to make your painter paintings a little brighter sell them and donate some of that money to the jewish family services and then they may not accept your money but at least you can know that you tried and you're not the most evil person in the world and then i'll you know what i'll you still have to pay me 150 dollars for the hour but i don't know that's i i I'm saying this. It's been a. It was a weird night here at Los in Los Angeles, and I don't know if you've experienced mics like this, but it was so. It's I mean, deep. I've experienced situations kind of like, but not like what you like. Yours was unique. Yours sounded like a unique thing that they were aware it was going to morph into something different than what they said it was. Yeah, I mean, it was like an like an AA meeting or something in there. There, I mean, I went up and I did my routine, and I, I just felt like I was like in and in, it's in being stared at and i said hello i'm dino dad and i'm from seattle and then and then people kind of get the like the little clap i said this feels like a, a real group therapy session and i guess i feel comfortable and then i just kind of went into whatever i was talking about and i said this was just because it, it, it wasn't it was again just a small room of comedians it was cool but, it, I, you know, it's, it's very different from going down there than going to Jai Tai, where it's just like a young, bunch of young, young, young Capitol Hill people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. L.A. Yeah. L.A. is such a much different environment. Yeah. Mic wise, too. I think it's uh, there's a little more hopelessness in L.A. open mics on mm -hmm. display. I have no idea. I, I mean, everybody's telling me to go to different places and then everybody seems to know everybody. I talked to some guy last night. I don't know why he said this, but he, he, was, I mean, he wasn't even name dropping, but he, he was trying to help me get connected to somebody. He's like, by the way, I know Joe Rogan. And I don't know what that means. I, 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 why somebody's <laughs> just telling me that they know Joe Rogan. But all I could think is that maybe like, I, you know, I don't know idea. I just, I was like, I have no idea. Does that mean like I'm going to go to a mic and Joe Rogan's going to be there and he's going to talk to me? Uh-oh, I have a little interruption here. Just a second. No worries. Yes. Yes. Um, do you, oh, do you, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Just a second, Derek. No worries. We'll just uh, <laughs> we'll just talk our way through this. Uh, stuff happening where I'm at. <laughs> oh, no oh my goodness. Uh, where were we at? We were talking about Los Angeles and Joe Rogan. Yes. Yes. I said no they idea. knew they knew Joe Rogan. They knew Joe Rogan. I it's it, 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 you know, and I'm gonna go to other mics in here, and I, I it, it's very different from Seattle. Seattle feels like a very cozy, comfortable place now that I've been here. Um, but, but, uh, have you done any of the stuff down here in LA? 
it's been a while. I haven't been to LA since before lockdown. Yeah. I really like Denver a lot. That was amazing. Denver. I, I mean, I Denver's my favorite place. I yeah. love Denver. It's such a fun city. Yeah. I I mean, I, I I'm a, you know, my favorite cities in order go Chicago, Portland, uh, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Denver. San Francisco, Atlanta, and Denver. What's uh, what's Atlanta like? Uh, Atlanta's awesome. It's beautiful. It's got a, a vibrant comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a couple clubs, but it also just has this amazing infrastructure of just fun booked shows. Uh, everyone's a heavy hitter. The community's incredibly tight knit. Comics helping each other, you know, up the ladder. Um, and it's just a, it's inspiring. Plus it's Atlanta. It's just got all this great culture and food mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the star bar, probably one of my all time favorite places to, to do a show, uh, is the star community bar in Atlanta. They have a Monday night free show. It's mm-hmm. Monday night. It starts at 8 PM. It's a mic and a book show. And the show goes from 8, 8 p.m. until around 1.30 in the morning. And it is always packed from 8 until 1.30. The most wow. respectful audience I've ever, like, they just love comedy. Uh-huh. Everyone's hammered usually by midnight. <laughs> but it's just a crazy, like, bacchanal of a, like, a comedy, you know, death march. But it's so fun and and closing that show out, everybody who does it will tell you the same thing. It's just one of the coolest experiences to go up at like 1230 at night after 35 comics have done seven to ten minute sets. And still the audience is on fire, like just crushing until everyone leaves at 130 in the morning. Like it's just it's one of my favorite places. Rodney uh, Lee is the guy who runs it. And uh-huh. He's a real character, and I think just kind of like, he's kind of a, you know, he's kind of the, I think, kind of the character of Atlanta, really, like, yeah, he's just one of those guys that kind of embodies a lot of the things I love about being in the Southeast, and, and you know, just fun, crazy, uh, fearless, you know, funny, it's a great city. Uh, His I name it. is Rodney Leap, like Leap, Leap, like Leap yeah, L-E-E-T-E. L-E-E-T-E. Just like to look up to see who these people are. See like images here. Oh, he looks like a good guy. Wait, no, yeah. maybe no, no, this is Rodney Lazit. That's a different person. His uh he goes by Rotney. Okay. <laughs> Rotney. Rotney. All right, let's see what happens here. I want to see if I can look this guy. No, is he an older white guy with glasses and kind of looks like a, a shaved Santa Claus? Say again. Is it is he an older white guy with glasses and looks like a shaved Santa Claus? Um, sort of. I don't know about the glasses. Okay. Uh, he's well, uh, this I might would not be a him. little rougher hewn character. Uh, I'll find him later. Um, two E's in Leet. L e e t e. L e e t e. So three E's. L e e. That was it. E e t e. Okay. Oh, there. This is this is no this is no no now it's showing me a retired NFL football player. 
there's so many Rodney elites out there. Okay. This guy was he in, is he in a, a movie called Amazon Hotbox? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't find him. I'll find it later. Um, so I want to know a little bit about you. I I I I I've just talked to you in in passing and and was excited when you first came. And I, to me, like anybody who showed up with the open mic, I was I was just floored because I see I say this a lot. I, when I started doing the the hosting it at the Waterwheel, I I didn't realize that professional comedians showed up to these things. And I, uh, I just thought it was like a neighborhood, like like da- just dads would show up and tell some like dad jokes, and that's kind of how I started. And then I, I took it over, and I was like, I'm just gonna put an ad in the stranger. Then everybody showed up, and I was like so overwhelmed. It, it felt like I was in a video game called hosting comedy or something. I was just, what the hell is going on here? Um, so I don't know. I. I who are you, Derek Sheen? I'm a mystery wrapped in an enigma, filled with meatloaf and covered in hair. I, I and I and I hear your jokes. I was listening to it doing homework last night, and uh, and I somebody had told me about the the joke, mostly describing your, uh, parts of your body where you you <laughs> say it gives you inspiration. But somebody told me that you had told this story like in front of like an old folks' home or something. Did you do a comedy routine in front of older people? Is that correct? Oh, I do that. I mean, I, I, I think I have. I yes, yes. I mean, I've played older crowds quite often. And they, they, they someone, I don't know what it was, but they're saying that these older people were very much drawn into your story about sitting on the toilet. Yes, old people love that stuff, especially. Man, I got it's go relatable. To it's home. relatable when you get to a certain age. Uh, there's only about three things that you want to talk about, and that is, I'm um, going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. what you ate, and what time you're going to bed. Those are like the three big things. The older you get, you're like, that's more important to me than everything else. Yeah. Get the early bird special. Oh got to go. Got to go to the bathroom. Got to talk about my bathroom. Got to talk about how things are looking. Got to tell anybody who'll listen. Wow, had a solid bowel movement today. That's what happens. <laughs> that's my grandfather. was like, you know, he got into a place where he's like, I got to tell you what's happening. Oh, peed a lot last night. Peed a lot. And that's where the inspiration comes from is your 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 grandparents and the the things that you observed them doing. I mean, because yeah. like, well, you grew up in the Seattle in the '90s too, where this whole grunge scene was going on, and and I just how did what what kind of influenced the things that you observed? Because you tell stories, and I I that's kind of what I want to do is tell stories. I mean, you have jokes in there, but you, you're such a good storyteller. How, how did you get to that place? I mean, I've been doing that. I mean, I, I've been doing some form of that my whole life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think that I've been relaying the details of like my life to people. I always thought that I lived an interesting life. Even if I didn't, I would try to find things that made my life seem mm-hmm. interesting and I would amplify those things. So, uh, I think I'll be honest with you, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of that is bore out and this isn't like to, you know, add a, a add a, a you know, a, a depressing note to yeah. this. But I feel like I, I really started to do that when when I started when I 
when the physical abuse from my dad started, yeah, I think that that was one way for me to hide that in public was to talk about my life in a way where I could still talk about dark things, even mm-hmm. as a kid and channel that, that, you know, that energy into telling a story about something. And I feel like I, I found really good cover in that. Mm-hmm. It was easy for me to, <clears throat> to take attention away from the pain I was in. Yeah. If I could have an interesting story that, also, you know, made me a, a part of the story, made me work at how I told it. Yeah. Um, if I could get laughter out of it, that was even better. But a lot of the time I was just happy to have an interesting story. So I started digging for, you know, the the details in my young life. I think early on I started finding things that to me seemed like they would make a good story. And I, I think I've always been had my my tuning fork is set to that it's set to the weirdness that everybody else has this stuff in their life i just don't think they see it the same way that i do yeah and i internalize these events and and then they become sort of you know things i i feel like oh this would be an interesting thing to talk about in a room full of people that isn't going to be necessarily about me yeah but i'm still part of the story so I can feel like I'm attached to it, but they're still not getting any actual details. And, right. That is a. Uh, and I don't know. Else. That might be part of it. It might also be that I'm, you know, uh, slightly sociopathic. But. <laughs> I but I. I, <laughs> if you are, then uh, then you're going to bring your kills to a whole new meeting. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, in the sense that. I want people to feel like I'm a regular human being and I, and then I just have a fearless way of approaching things, but maybe it's a, just my way of hiding a lot of the details. And I, they're still like, that guy's crazy. What a fun dude. He has funny stories. And they didn't really notice that I was playing cover the whole time. I, and maybe it's cause I am a therapist and I, and I, I'll be honest, I'm at like this, this like halfway house right now in, in, um, in LA, in Santa Monica, and it's the weirdest thing. They gave me the suite. I'm in the suite room of this place, and I had spent a month in Colorado because I was going through my own crisis and going through this mental health facility. And by the way, this mental health facility was is what used to be a resort. And on your way to the mental health facility, this driver who's named Chuck, and he kind of looks like a like a cowboy, kind of with a beret. He says to me, you know what this place is famous for? And I said, what? It's the place where Kobe Bryant did that thing with the woman. And I said, what? And then you tell all these people are traumatized. This? He's like, yep, to every one of them. And I don't know. It's, it, it, I, I, like, I appreciate you saying that. And, and, and I, I, I don't know if I'm trying to be a professional stand-up comedian. But I'm trying to do something that feels right. Um, and, and it, I don't, I don't know what the words are. It's, it's cause I tell people I'm not trying to do this for myself and I am at the same time. And it's just been a whirlwind this year. Cause I, 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 I'll tell you personally, I was like, like in my personal life struggling. And then at the open mic, everybody was telling me how awesome I am. And I told the bartender Ryan at the time, I said, 
please like if my my head is getting too big for me please like let me know because i need the feedback because i don't want to think that i'm like that cool and he said are you thinking you're going to become a narcissist and i said i I hope not and he said there's no way and i and i seriously i didn't believe what like anything was happening and i still don't really believe it and i don't like you know i'm not i don't think i'm delusional but i feel like there's there's something like good happening with 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 how i do it and i don't know have you ever heard of johan hari at all no so he does this uh pod uh, he does not a pod, he does a ted talk and i watched it at the other treatment facility is at and he talks about like the solution to addiction and and isolation is is connection and he and he they did this study uh, have you ever heard the rat park study no i don't think i've heard of that either oh my so, gosh so the the rat park study is they had two separate cages and they stuck rats like by themselves isolated in a cage and they gave them water and then they gave them water mixed with heroin. And all those rats drank the heroin and died. And then they stuck the other ones rat park and they had all they had it was basically rat orgies they gave them cheese and all sorts of food and then put water in there and put heroin and none of the rats went to the heroin. And oh, I started crazy. thinking that, yeah, I started thinking about that in terms of like what's been happening with me. And like, I'm like, you know, I don't call it an addiction because I feel like addiction has a negative connotation and, and, I, and for things. But I feel like I'm drawn to like getting healthier by continuing to connect with people and letting people know that I want to to help them however I can. And I and, and, and I don't know. It just feels really good right now, even though like I'm in like a pretty crazy situation. And uh, <laughs> that's why tonight they, they wanted to put me on restriction because it's my first night at this place. And I said, no fucking way. I said, I am here. And I was under the pretense that I would be able to go out and connect with people. And man, that open mic I went to at the L.A. comedy school was something else. <laughs> That there were people shouting openly about their suicidal thoughts and some guy talking about his, his history of like, like, like his abuse. And he said he just started doing his jokes and he couldn't remember. And he said, I'm going to stop and just talk. And he just it was I mean, it was powerful. And then, like, you know, this, you know, young white guy went up and he's just like, I just don't know what I could say right now because I don't think I've had any experience in my life. And that was funny. But man, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just a weird world. And I feel I mean, it's like, something that happened that kind of yeah. blows your mind. You got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and you're the first person I've talked to about it to process any of this. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. And it's weird. And like, I, I, and I've told you that like I, I, like, I don't even know why I do this. I go on Instagram. And maybe it's because I get in these like manic kind of phases. And then I start writing Patton Oswalt. And I feel like he's like, I don't know what to do with this guy. I better respond. <laughs> And I, I'm just, I, I was amazed. And even like a Mike Birbiglia, like wrote my name and Dino Dad thing. I was like, why are these people doing this? Like, I don't understand. I, I guess that's comedians are more likely to, to respond to that. But I, 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 I guess I just never realized that. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell is going on and why. And if I'm still good at this thing that I'm doing. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? I, you don't know me that well. I, not i mean i i you know i don't because i i it's such a unique experience yeah. i mean 
I've been to some, you know, I, I've never been to a mic like that, but I have been through the comedy phase of people trying to reconcile their emotions on stage. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I was just feeling it was it. a I painful I... place to be because, to, you know, okay. And not to sound like a purist or an originalist, because in no way am I. I feel like comedy is, again, a living, breathing art form that is constantly evolving. And right. so it's what I love about it. But it's also comedy. Yeah. And, the you know, I think one of the fundamental rules of comedy, people will tell you comedy is all about saying truth and speaking truth. To, no, comedy is about making people laugh. Yes. The method by which you, you try to attain that can, you know, be very different from person to person. It's very subjective. But the end result uh, out of everything else is to create laughter. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, there are many different kinds of laughter and there's many different kinds of humor. But yeah. that is the end result. Reading from your diary in a room full of people about your deepest feelings, misgivings, uh, misappropriations, mistakes, all the words that start with M. Uh-huh. Uh, that's great if you want to get sympathy and attention, but that's not comedy. Yeah. You know, and it's not therapy either. Like, it's, it's I think in some, in some ways, again, it's not, I can relate to it in a way because it's, you know, I'm probably how I started telling stories yeah. for attention, but realizing that I could turn that into comedy made it very different because yeah. I also realized I could connect with people a lot, a lot differently Yeah, by making my stories funny, but personal and personable. Um, but also, you know, allowing people in. I think there's a difference when you when you're in those situations where People are talking at you. They're not talking with you or to you. Uh -huh. They are telling you that these things are wrong with me or this is something they have. They just want to hear themselves get it out. And that is, in, its, in a sense, very cathartic. But it's in no way comedy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's it's sort of emotional. It's emotional masturbation. <laughs> I, I I keep and every time I think about something like that. I don't know if you remember this quote from Fight Club, but but uh, Tyler Durden says, or Brad Pitt's character, Tyler Durden says to Ed Norton's character, uh, Jack. He says masturbation, and I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, it, it's that is such a funny line because it is like. Um, it's incredibly dystopic, yeah. like to say that that because it self improvement is not like it's, <laughs> it's, it's supposed to, you know. I mean, of course, in the framework of Fight Club, of course, he would say that because it's all about you know, uh, uh, it's the, about the the shield of machismo, yeah, and hiding behind it, and you know that's and also mental 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 illness unchecked undiagnosed <laughs> mental illness uh, and so i mean I, yeah i always i feel like uh self-improvement is incredibly healthy it's, it's more than masturbation but you can self, along, I think, you can, it's okay to masturbate along the way 
self-reflection is definitely yeah like a public self uh, uh reflection yeah you know so uh, like i was in seattle for a week after i left colorado and it was a hard week but i i did i did the my i got invited to be like basically a double feature with barunji who i was excited to kind of like kind of open for for and I told my story about what I've been going through. I mean, I made it funny because I talked about how I got on the airplane and this guy's like typing on his computer and he's like, hey, I'm here for business. What are you here for? And I said, well, I had a mental health crisis and got on the airplane. And uh, I mean, I was talking about that. And then I went to Jai Tai and I was like, I'm just going to slow it down a bit. And I, you know, I, I haven't done that. And I just kind of breathed. I mean, I told my, some of my story and some of my jokes. And then I got off the stage and, and um, I got off the stage and this woman came up to me and, and first she started talking about the other comedians because a lot of the younger, uh, younger white guys, I don't know what it is about young white guys just like talking about their penises. They like they talk. There's a lot of guys just talking about their penises that night. And they, <laughs> they love they, it. Yeah, they 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 were like I that made me feel uncomfortable, you know. But and then and I said and I thought she was referring to like my story, and she said no. She said you were very real and authentic, and you're funny. Um, but we could tell like you're having some big feelings, and I said, oh yeah. And I, I I'm I'm not trying to necessarily work them out. I just think part of what what makes me feel like safe right now is is you know, like talking about it. And I I had a professor in school say this and I, and I added to it, but he said, there's a fine line between comedy and tragedy. And I added that which brings us pain can also bring us laughter. Cause I definitely cope by laughing at how miserable I can feel. And then I start laughing about it a lot. And then I say, this is probably a good story to tell. Um, Sometimes it is, but sometimes people just stare blankly at me. And more in Seattle, I found. I found, like, it's weird when you go to different places. But in Seattle, I'll say something. And then I looked out once, and I said, y'all look like you feel bad for me. And then a couple of people at the water wheel said, yeah, we do. And then I said, well, I better. Then I just started talking in my mother's New York voice. And that seemed to bring it back together. It's really strange. (laughs) Um but I know that, you, that you, it is it is getting to be that time, and I, I want to thank you. I, I I really enjoy talking to you. Everybody's has always said Derek Sheen's like just such a down to earth, nice guy, and he's always willing to share his thoughts and and kind of kind of I don't know. You're kind of like this this you know this chill icon to me in Seattle. Yeah. Um, in a, in a very like a, a, like grounding way, I, it's like I see you, and it's like there's Derek. He's doing his act, and he just seems like he's who he is, and um, he's not hiding anything. But he has enough boundaries to know how to do it in a way that he's you know you're a pro. Oh well, thank you. I, yeah. like, that's and that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. So I don't know if there's enough time, but I, I had asked you if you wanted to play a song. But if you'd like to do that, I I will just kind of sit here and listen, and then we can kind of wrap it up if you're okay with that. Sure. I'd love to, to just sit and listen. I wanted to jam, but I'm kind of just feeling like a little more you know, zen. You know, I actually have a fireplace in my room, which is I'm going to disappoint you because I don't sing. I mean, well, I do, instrumentals I are just as beautiful. I've, I've seen your stuff. But I do, I do play. Yeah. Love to hear yeah. it. 
Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. it sounds nice. So this is a new thing I'm working on. We'll see how I do. Uh, but it doesn't even have a title yet, but I've been really, I've been really stuck on it. There's something about the melody that I like and the Maybe uh, it'll. So I'll just play a little bit and then yeah. I'll, I'll, then I'll, I'll, I'll let you know where I'm at. Okay. Here we go. Thank you. 
sloppy. Oh, I needed that. That was what I needed. I'm, I'm just like that was. You're just part of my treatment, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I am cured. Um, no, I mean, I'm. That that was really nice. Uh, I was kind of zenning out and just kind of closing my eyes as I listened to that. Um, thank you for playing. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for asking me to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, is there anything you're doing that you want to talk about that you're that's going on next for you? I, I want to give you the time to to share anything. Else I mean, that... you know, I'm I, as far as like things that are coming up. I'm sure. I'm definitely. I'm right now trying to book some small theaters to start. Yeah. Workshopping. A, a new one-man show i hate using that term but i don't know what else to call it because it's, <laughs> it's a mix of things you know it's stand-up but it's not it's all stories yeah. about my life and my family and yeah but in the uh framework of something that's still a presentation that has humor so yeah. but it won't be with other comics it's really like a it stands on its own kind of thing so that's i'm yeah. hopefully uh, i'm gonna start hitting theaters around august september and i'm trying to line those up now and i'll do a short run and then a hopefully a little bigger run and then an even bigger run yeah but i'm trying to work this up to to about a 90 minute show yeah so that's kind of what i'm working on and and also an album i want to do uh and i want to do all my you know my music i have a a ton of like acoustic stuff and i apologize my playing's a little sloppy because i had to cut all my nails <laughs> Because we're moving, and I kept getting it stuck on stuff, so <laughs> I know everything that. just sounds all klutzy because I don't have like any, you know, I don't nails. Um, well, that, well, I want to do like an album of my music, and it's something I've really been working on. And I'm going to start taking that out too. When I go that, to Denver yeah. in June, oh. I'm doing a couple of live shows, just guitar. Yeah, okay. I'm glad, and that's a little bit. That, that's 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 fantastic. I'm glad you're getting out there and playing because it is really. I mean, uh, that that guitar is, has such a nice sound. Um, so I didn't I didn't hear any sloppiness when I when I play the guitar. I, I usually don't have a pick, and then I just play so hard with my ends of my fingers that I li I, I look down and I was squirting blood all over my guitar the other oh, like a few ago. <laughs> oh, and I and I wasn't even playing anything like nearly as 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 complex as you were playing. I was just trying to learn the song "Feeling Good" by Nina Simone, and I was like, "What is going on with my fingers?" I'm like, oh, there's blood all over my guitar. <laughs> Oh my uh, God! Nice though, Nina yeah. Simone, man. Yeah, uh, feeling good is uh, been my my song. It's such an easy song to play. But um, yeah. Um, thank you again, and um, uh, uh, I look forward to, to seeing you at some point back in Seattle, wherever you are. And um, I hope to see more pictures of your food. You're doing yeah, as soon as we things. get moved in, uh, I'm gonna get and I get my kitchen back together. I'm definitely, we're definitely doing more cooking. I'm trying to, trying to write a cookbook. <laughs> you should have a playlist attached to it. Like what song goes well with the 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 food that you're you're preparing? Oh uh, man, I'll tell you what. Everything here here's my my usually my kitchen playlist is. Uh, and it, which is funny, it's it's always Nina Simone, Kate Bush, yeah. um, you know, like Colin Hay, uh, some acoustic stuff. Like, it's always stuff that just makes me kind of like, 
it's it's music that makes me feel good makes me feel yeah. like cooking makes me feel yeah, like no. taking care of people around me that's so funny you know like i'm in this little halfway house place and uh we have like a, a chef come in and i don't know what it is about the people here but i'm all i'm like all dadding out i was like i gotta help this guy cook and do his thing and we were just he, i mean he he played this band called swerve driver have you ever heard of them yes yeah, and I, I didn't know that they were from England, but we were he was just telling me we were just sitting there listening to all sorts of music and we're we're just getting into kind of that that like just grunge music that was not kind of mainstream um at the time. So yeah, I definitely rude. yeah, I hear you on that. Well, I know you gotta go. I just wanna thank you again and uh this was good for me. Uh I hope it was good for you. Oh, uh, it's a blast, man. I yeah. love talking to you. And I'm so glad we finally got a chance to do this. I know we've been, uh, you yeah. know, life's, life's thrown us some curveballs, so it's good to be able to catch up. Well, that's the thing is that we can do these anytime, whenever you have time. I'm glad it worked out this time. Well, thank you again, Derek, and you have a good rest of your night, and I hope the move goes well. And, yeah, I'll see you back in Seattle. Likewise, my friend, and I'll, I'll talk to you when you're back, or I'll All talk right. to you on the phone. All right, cheers. Have a good night. Take care. Bye.